going into the new year, um, so many of you guys have uh, joined our church or been saved and, and haven't been around a lot uh, over the past couple of years. And so I thought, you know what, what's really good would be to share the vision of our church over the next four years. Right? Because any organization that doesn't have a vision perishes. And that's just biblical. Any, so so um, on, on our offering envelopes, which some of you actually use, um, on, the, yeah. on, the, on the back side of those is a four-part vision. Because I believe if you're going to give to anything, you need to understand what that anything is about. Right? And so we're going to look over the next few weeks at our four-part vision. And so here's what I want to do. I don't want you to think, oh, my goodness, we're going to talk about the church. We're not going to talk about the church. You are the vision. Everywhere you go, every day, you are the vision. If you love Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are the vision. And so don't, don't replicate talking about the vision of Coastline Community into some sort of church message. You are the vision because you are the church. Do you believe that? Like, like we, we are the church. So here we go. Let's read the four parts of our vision. Our vision, impact future generations for Christ, present Christ in a relevant way to the culture he has placed us in, represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast, show the compassion of Christ through action to the hurting, hopeless, and needy. Proverbs says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. That word perish right there means to run about chaotically. To run about chaotically. Some of you guys and ladies here today are, are in business. If you run any kind of organization and there's no vision, then people run about chaotically. And one day you wake up and go, how did this mess happen? What happened? Because you didn't have any vision. We have to have vision for what we lead. We have to have vision for our marriage. We have to have vision for our kids. And obviously, in a setting like this, we have to have vision. And so Habakkuk says this, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain up on tables, that he may run that readeth it. We don't know where we're going. We're never going to get there. Correct? And so we're going to look at these four parts of our vision over the next four weeks. And, and just as a reminder. And now, this, this is not, again, just about church. This is about us as people. So you, you may not come here every week. But if you're a Christ follower, some really good stuff to hone into. Because what we did as we wrote this vision is we tried to put ourselves in the mirror of who Jesus was and is and tried to mirror that. Good? Let's pray. Father, I love you so much. Thank you for a wonderful holiday season. And thank you that we get to charge into the new year. And I just ask right now that you would remove me and you would say what you need to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So number one. We take on the posture of a servant. How do we present Christ to our culture? So that's, that's the part of the vision we're talking about today. 
We have a vision to present Christ in a relevant way to our culture. So, obviously, we've been placed here on the Space Coast. Raina and I, nine years here now, still have no idea why God sent us here, except for you. You are the reason. But it's like, like so how, how do we do that? Well, we take on the posture of a servant. Every point today, you're going to see through a lens of Christ. What did Christ do? He served. Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Serve. How many people in this room right now, and I am going to ask you to raise your hands, are selfish? Come on. Come on. The rest of you just aren't listening right now. We're selfish people. Aren't we? We are. I mean, and the older I get, the more selfish I get. Because I want things a certain way at a certain time done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's standing there going, hey, man. What? <laughs> Selfishness and servanthood do not cohabitate, do they? No, they, they just don't. It just doesn't happen. So he, here's the idea. What if we take on the posture of a servant? What if we give away food and clothes every day of the week? Which we do. What if... We go and do random things in a city that we don't even belong in, and it blesses people, which we do. Four mission trips uh, planned this year, not counting the youth mission trips. I think every month we have something going. It is awesome. It's amazing. Wait, and so now take this back to a place of not just Coastline Community Church, but you who you are. Think, think about this for a second. Who can you serve tomorrow? Today. Who can you serve this weekend? See, because our society and culture puts us in a place of, well, you know what, I'm, I'm busy. I'm really busy. You have no idea how busy I am. <laughs> And what's funny is the rest of the world's looking at you going, I'm busy too. But you're supposed to be a Christian. And like if I read the Bible, then you're supposed to stop being busy and help me. Wow. What, what would happen if we started serving people? Think about that for a second. Now, look, I know we all have to go to work. We all have to do things. You can't pull over if everybody's got a flat tire. You can't, I mean, seriously, you can't, like, do, yeah. You can't do everything for everybody, but you can do something for somebody. Good? So, so, so hallelujah. I hadn't heard that in a while. That's awesome. So, so how does that take shape? We take on the posture of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom 
for many. Where does servanthood first take its roots? Where's the oh, let me ask it this way. Where's the hardest place to serve? Home. Come on. Say it like you know it. You're home. I'm telling you, you can be in a softball league and somebody loses, you, you pick it up for them. You can go fishing with somebody and you're like, oh, let me get that for you. Or you can, you can like be, shopping is not good. We already talked about that. You, yeah, but, but we, we who are, we love the Lord and so we're like, you know what, let me do that for you. But at home, we're like, that's your, Jack, that's your job. <laughs> yeah. So starting at home and moving outside of the home into the area of those around, serve people. Right? Buy somebody coffee. Listen, if you're a boss, if you're, if you're in this room right now and you're over people, I absolutely double dog dare you to buy somebody a coffee. Give it to them. And they're going to look at you like, what do you want? Nothing. <laughs> like, whatever they're into, like, serve them. We, I think that many times as Christ followers, that we, we forget the, and I call it an art. It's not an act. It is an act. It's an art. And it's only an art when you really, 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 really get into it. Like how... How could I really bless this person today? And prayerfully, hopefully, and as far as I'm concerned, in the leadership of this church, that is part of the vision. We take on the posture of a servant. And so don't ever lose that as a Christ follower. Don't ever lose serving people and don't ever, ever, ever lose if you're, you're part of this church on a consistent basis that Coastline community is always going to serve people. It's about people. It's about restoring marriages. It's about going to grade schools and redoing their lawns. It's about landscaping a widow's house. It's a, that's what it's about. That's what we're called to do. Okay, so that's three of us. My wife, me, and the youth pastor. Good. <laughs> do you get that? Like, don't, don't lose that. Take on the posture of a servant with your wife, with your kids, with those closest to you, and with the world. Build a bridge. Mission, vision, purpose. Vision bridges the gap between mission and purpose. And so this is our vision. This is what brings us from what we feel like God's called us to do into what we ultimately know that we're going to do. Number two. We share the Word of God. John 1, 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Back to the point. We share the Word of God. There is nothing more powerful, in, in my opinion, and in God's opinion also, but, uh, than the Word of God. 
Think about this for a second. If you're in this room right now and you have questions about life, you have questions about what's going on in your life, you have questions about kids, your marriage, your work, whatever it is, do you know where those answers are? Yeah. Yeah. They're in the Bible. It, it is living. It's active. It's sharpening a double, double-edged sword. Their Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's given this amazing love letter gift in this book. And, and the amazing thing is, is it's all there. It's all there. If you look at verse 2 right here, He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness, watch this, the darkness has not understood it. Do you know that we live in a world that 569 people saved through our outreaches are in this building this year? 569 people. Now watch this. Uh, it's, well, that was weak. <laughs> and the angels would be upset with you because they, they rejoice when that happens. And I have nothing to do with that. Yeah. You have, we have nothing to do with that. Here's the niche that God's allowed us land, to land in. It's called the Bible. It's called the Bible. People are hungry for something. They don't know what they're hungry for. And so they're hungry because God placed a void in them because God created them, us. And, and so now, here we come along, nine years later... We, uh, we're dumb people. Me, like, I'm, I'm stupid. My wife, amen? No. no. But, but here's the idea. It has nothing to do with us. I, I can get hit by a 747 tomorrow and be pushing up flowers at a 7-Eleven. But the next person that stands up here needs to preach this. It's the Bible. It's about the Bible. And, and you, you think, just for a moment, how many people... The light shone in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand it. Why is that? Why is that? Maybe because we took our own opinion and put it on the light. Maybe because the world knows us more, not us in general, but the church for hate than love? Why is that? Think about that just for a second. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And I, I would submit to you today that that still goes on today. People just don't understand a God that loved them so much He gave His only Son. And I think... As Christ's followers, we have to ask ourselves, why is that? And so we're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about presenting Christ in a relevant way into the culture we live. Why, why is that? And if we really, really believe that Christ has saved us and, and we're, we're going to spend eternity with God in heaven, then shouldn't we be very intent on saying, hey... Like, what, 
the way I'm living my life, whatever. Like how, why, why do people not understand that? That's a Selah moment right there. Isn't it? That's like a take a deep breath moment. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And so I, I would submit to you today that, that we, this isn't Coastline Community Church vision. It is our vision, but it's also the vision that I would believe that each one of us as Christ followers take out into Monday, take out into Tuesday, take out into Wednesday, and walk that out with people that God's allowed to be in your life. Well, Psalm says it this way, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Your word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So here's the rub right here. This is where a lot of you are going to get really uncomfortable. And I hope you do. You got... How do do I say this? We know the Bible's perfect, right? Okay, we know that. But we depend on someone else to tell us what the Bible says. Yeah, about 10% of you don't, but the rest of you do. When are you going to read the Bible? I have people ask me all the time, what are you reading right now? And the first thing I say is the book. The book. Because you know what? This is the book. And I, I read. I read stuff. Actually, my wife reads to me more than I read because she loves to read. Actually, yesterday, Unbroken. Everybody read Unbroken? Okay. Seen the movie? Some of you need to get out more. <laughs> or you just have, like, arm deficit. You don't want to. But, um, yeah, I fell asleep again yesterday. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was a little tired. She was reading the book to me out back. I, I skipped ahead and read the end of it. but <laughs> I know. I know. Take the context in which the Scripture is written. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I don't know about you, man, but I, I need direction. I need to know what decisions I should make with my children or with with my marriage or with business or with finance. I, I need to know that. And so here's, a, here's an idea. People ask all the time, what would be a pastor's dream? What, what would be like the dream of any pastor that pastors a church? And here it is. That all the people who have that come every week and committed themselves to the Lord would read their Bible every day. Think about that. Because we're busy, right? Are we, Bart, we're busy. Yeah, we're busy. And we're tired. We're busy and we're tired. And we're so busy and tired that we, uh, mm, mm, yeah, mm, mm, mm. we'll get us a little devotion in there somewhere. But what is it that we just like have that quiet time? We just whoo, 
Stop. Read the Bible. Because it's a lamp and it's a light. Right? It's a lamp and a light. And in the context, you all know this, in the context that this was written, the lamps were attached to the feet of people who were having to get up to go to the bathroom at night, which if you're not old enough yet to understand that. <laughs> and then there was a light shining before. Not, not telling you, like, mm, just giving you the next step. And so if you're here today, that's what our church is about, and that's what we as Christians should be about. Getting the next step. Getting the next step. Next thing. How do we present Christ to our culture? We live the Word. Alright, so we just talked about reading the Bible. Right? Here we go. This gets really good. Um, we, we need to read the Bible. And if you're here today and you're not reading the Bible, why don't you just start... Don't start in Leviticus... Seriously, don't do that. That's, that's going to kill you. Start in John or First John or start in the Gospels. You know, and just, just read some of it. And by the way, if you've just recently been saved and you don't know where to start, there's a devotion out at that tent right on the East Lawn and a Bible. Grab it. Read it. But third thing, how do we present Christ in a relevant way to the culture that we live in we live the Word. John 1, 14, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The Word became flesh. Wow. We live the Word. So, here's an idea. I tried to find one of these. I couldn't find it. I found one. It cost too much money. What if, what if this week, on a day that you were completely put off with life, what if you, you had to put on a garment, and that garment on the outside of it had the words on it of your attitude? Come on. Let's just, if we're going to be, if we're going to really get real, let's get real. Seriously, think about it. What if you had it before you stepped out of bed? The moment that your foot hit that bed, all of a sudden you were clothed in a garment that represented how you were thinking, what you were dreaming about. And Raina and I were talking about this yesterday, and she's like, um, what was it? We were, I, I told her, she said something about something. I said, you're a little chippy today. You know what chippy means? Okay, well, you don't. Yeah. And she looked at me. I'm not going to tell you what she said. <laughs> but, you know, you identify that those things in marriage, right? Like, hey, oh. Um, but what if... What if we stepped out of bed and when our foot hit the floor, this robe was around us and around that garment was our attitude. 
That's rough, isn't it? Think about it for a second. That's rough. That's rough. So how can we live the Word? I think, I think it was St. Augustine that said, you're the only Jesus that some people will ever see. Right? So think about this for a second. You, you, your, your wife, your kids, your co-workers, people in your life, you're the only, possibly the only Jesus they'll ever see. And we live the Word. And so, here, here's the idea. If I, if I wrap myself in the garment of tired, angry, I don't really know what my spouse is doing, da-da-da, 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 then at the end of the day, that garment's going to read. It's not going to be living the Word. No. It's going to be living me. Because me is most important. So, how about an idea of if you go to Galatians... It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. All right, so check this out. <laughs> As you get older, you start like groaning when you get up. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, and I told you this a couple weeks ago. Rainer and I have been talking about a friend of mine said, look, you have to get old. You don't have to act old. And he's way older than me, right? And so, but we still find ourselves, uh. And so on that outer garment, maybe it would be exhaustion. Maybe it would be weariness. Maybe it would be anger, hatred, whatever. But what if, and this is for our church, to the community, and this is for us as Christians, part of our vision, to present Christ in a relevant way in the culture He's placed us in. What if? What what if in the in between those ahs and mm, and oh, I can't stand that person. Oh, my boss is an idiot. And, and like I don't like. What if there was somewhere in there goodness? You know what? I did something good for somebody. So all of a sudden, on that outer garment, there's goodness wrapped around me. And then, what if there's faithfulness? You know, at that, that one point where, you know, I've, I've given everything I have to, to the Lord and, and all I have is His and, and I serve here or there. And what if between the, <clears throat> there's self-control? Because that's, to me, that's really hard, right? Self-control. And what if, what if there's self-control in there? And so that, now watch this, so that, and it's a picture of me having like a garment on right now, so that as I turn about life, there are things like rejected, Hatred, maybe some different, but in between those are things like goodness. And the world gets to see those at some point. Faithfulness, self-control, 
patience. Uh, hmm. Hey, here's a good one. Joy. What if, what if I got out of bed tomorrow morning and I put my foot on the floor and I put that garment of praise on and joy was... Because here's the deal. Anything that God gives us is way bigger than things we can make up. Get that? It, any of these are... Way, kindness is way bigger than hatred. And so, so think about that just for a second. And if you were to put a garment on tomorrow, what would it say to the world? And I hate preaching stuff like this because yeah, I have to live it out. I love preaching it, but you know, my wife's looking at me like, ah. Hmm. <laughs> Look, Coastline Community Church, we, that's where we have to land. And as Christ followers, that's where we have to land. Good? Last thing, I think. Above all, we love. Read that with me. Come on. Above all, we love. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Above all, we love. How do we present Christ in a relevant way to the the culture he's placed us in above all we love we love and you say oh I love people we say that oh I love everybody oh yeah I get chill bumps thinking about it do we I don't know where the church got off at some point on like hating people. That's not what we're about. And just because the world hates us for what we believe doesn't mean you should hate them back. Yes, we absolutely are going to stick to this word. Right? But above all, love people. You're never going to hate you're never going to hate anybody to Jesus. Seriously. You suck. But let me tell you about Jesus. Okay. I'm sorry. Seriously. I mean, like, wait, what are you doing? Like, what, what are we doing when we do that? And so... Part of our vision here is, is we want to present Christ to a culture that He's placed us in that is a true, true picture of who Jesus is. And the only way you can find a true picture of who Jesus is is in this book. And the only people He ever told, paraphrasing, you suck, is religious people. You read the Bible. It's there. I mean, it's like right there. We love everyone who comes through those doors, those doors, or however many doors we have, and hopefully soon will be more doors. God sent them. And our only job is to stick to the Word, be who we are, and love them. Love God, love people, love life.
That's it. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Think about that for a second. Who can you love this week? Who can you love this week? I, I absolutely dare you. Like, who can you just get up all in their grill, in their world, and say, I'm going to do something nice for you. So if you're just uh, serving community, you can be dismissed. Go now. Go. Yep. Quick. Yep. Okay, I guess nobody's serving community. So let's go this next verse. Galatians 5.14 The entire law is summed up in a single command. Oh boy. Love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) I mean, the Old Testament has a lot of law in it. And remember we talked about how when you read the Old Testament, you have to read it through the lens of the New Testament after what Jesus did. But there's a lot of stuff in there that God's telling Moses, Moses is telling the children of Israel. It's going, there's a lot of stuff going on. And here comes Galatians, and it says this. Everything that was in that, everything that was in that is summed up in this statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. That, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Like, I, I mean... Micah talks a little bit about it. I mean, all through the Old Testament, you see shades of this, but then you get to Galatians 5.14. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can I just tell you this? As Coastline Community Church, and as you and I being Christ followers, above all, this is what we ought to be doing. Loving on people. We serve people, but loving on them. Like just loving people. And you may be here today and say, you know what? Life's not been good to me. I've, I've been through some things that, nah, or I'm going through some things. But never let that take away the part of your journey with Christ that says, you know what, i got to keep loving people. There's no way I can stop doing that. How can we do that? How can we love people? We can love people because that God loved us. He first loved us. He first loved us. God loved us so much, He sent His only Son to die for us. So you think about vision. I don't want to run about chaotically the rest of my life. Or ever, any day, I don't want to. I, I want to know that I know I'm, I'm on point. Spiritually, you got to be on point at some... Well, not to be redundant, you got to be on point at some point. And God did that for us. God did that in the sense that He sent His only Son to die for us. And so now we can be on point with God because of what God did for us and because of what Jesus did for us. See, Jesus modeled, He totally modeled epic love. Epic love. 
agape love. God modeled agape love. Jesus modeled epic love. He did everything He had to do or wanted to do so that we could spend eternity with God in heaven. So here's where we where we land today is do do I believe this book? And maybe you're here today and you've never read this book. I challenge you to do that. But in that book it tells us that the only way to spend an eternity with God in heaven is through Jesus Christ. Putting our faith in Jesus as the Messiah. And it's not... I mean, I see some of you in this room right now, and I know some of you are like seekers, and you're searching, you're thinking. Um, and I'm not asking you right now about joining a church. I'm not asking about... I'm just saying, hey, why don't you give this a shot in a new year? But maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I need a fresh start. I, I need I need something different in my life right now. And so I, I want to put my faith. And your faith is your faith. Did you hear that? I'm not boring you, am I? You good? Okay. Your faith is your faith. No one else can put your faith in something. You have to put your faith in whatever you're going to have faith in. So the question today as we end loving people, the only way we can love people is through God's love. And God's love pushed Him to send Jesus Christ. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe with all my heart. Would you bow your heads all over this place? He said, Jason, that's me and I'm here today. I need a fresh start. And I know, I know, I know. I need to hear the voice of the Lord saying, this is a new day. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. And I'm ready to experience the forgiveness of God in my life and accept eternal life. Hey, if that's you, every head's bowed. Just real quick, just slip up your hand and put it right back down. I see your hand. Thanks. Anybody else? I see your hand. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior today. I'm ready to give love because I've received love. Anyone else? I need Jesus in my life. Thank you. Yeah, I see it. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Thank you. Sweet. Anybody else? Before we pray. As we pray today, if you raised your hand just right where you're sitting, by virtue of the fact that you raised your hand, committing to God that that's the track you want to take. So right now, I want to pray with you. You don't have to pray out loud. I want to pray with you, though, and pray this from your heart. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. Thank you that I'm here today. In 
thank you above all that right now I'm being made into a new creation. So Lord, I believe from my heart right now I'm confessing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and He took my death and sin on the cross, was placed in the grave, He rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe He's coming back for me one day. So I, I commit my life, God, to You through what Jesus did. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.